you're only cheating yourself. Like you're not cheating the employer. If you're not working hard, it's affecting you and no one else. Especially if you're in America and you grew up with like American parents who, you know, fed you snacks or you went to school <laughs> and birthday parties, then it's it's really difficult to just go cold turkey off of sugar. It's an addiction. You're ostracized for just eating. Eating real food. Yeah. People. Once you kind of figure out that, you know, you are your best friend, your biggest critic, and you should care more about yourself than really anyone, be a little selfish, then um, it's easier to get through life. We now have a successful business. We're self-employed, you know, two years, three years after starting keto, two years after starting the business. Is it just coincidence or is it because I started keto that I actually made all these dramatic life changes? Body, mind, empowerment. Get stronger, faster, smarter, quicker, friendlier, more helpful, more driven. Everything the body needs. Control your mind. Welcome to the Body, Mind, Empowerment podcast. I'm your host, Seamland, and our guests are Matt and Mega from KetoConnect.com. They run one of the biggest online websites about the ketogenic diet, and they're very popular on social media for creating these healthy, low-carb ketogenic recipes that are almost too good to be true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you could make it to the show, guys, and I'm definitely glad to have you here. Thanks so much for having us. Actually, though, it's ketoconnect.net. Oh, we, were really? dumb. we were dumb when we first started. We wanted to save like $3 per month. We went for .net instead of .com. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it was my <laughs> cognitive bias kind of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> predicting that it's .com, but we'll change it. So what, like, let's, let's start talking about like what made you start the keto diet and yeah. what's your journey been like so far? So, um, are you just, just the diet? Uh, so Matt and I have always been very health conscious. We've tried a bunch of different diets. We've both been vegetarians. We've done low carb, um, really everything under the sun. I've done like slim fast diet, you know, we, a lot of protein bars, everything. Um, so when Matt and I first started dating, he was a vegetarian and I was just doing uh, low fat at the time, but he found the keto diet on Reddit. And then he had also seen that sugar film, a documentary on Netflix. And it really prompted him to think about, you know, the way sugar impacts us day to day and maybe cutting out all the sugar we eat, you know, orange juice, yogurt, cereal in the morning could really um, have a positive impact. So we kind of just started on a whim and like cutting out sugar slow. I mean, we did a cold turkey, yeah. which I think worked well for us. Not a lot of people can handle cold turkey at first, but um, it was cold turkey kind of, but we also ate a lot of like protein. Yeah. yeah just like mm -hmm. the way I think most people start a keto diet, you just do low carb first. Yeah, That's yeah. like the first step. And we did like mostly quest bars and just like yeah. foods like that. Like that's how we started the diet. And then now like, you know, that's why we make recipes the way we make them. Like we make a lot of replacement foods because I think that's the way that we started. So I think there's a lot of people in our situation coming from just like a history of dieting. Um, you know, nothing's working. You can't really kick the sugar. It's kind of like a real true addiction. It's tough. Yeah. So starting with just like replacing some foods is a good way to go. And that's how we did it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the Reddit goldmine is definitely something you can find many good things in there from time to time. <laughs> so fortunate. Yeah, I love Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although, you know, at the same time, they can be, you know, quite a flame war as well. So That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how did you start your business and uh, website? Okay. Yeah, so for that... We were cooking a lot and making new recipes, like just kind of on our own in the kitchen, trying to make, you know, we wanted to make cake or something one night, brownies, stuff like that. So 
we got the idea to start a food blog was the first thing we wanted to do. And we bought the domain, we bought an expensive camera, like 600 bucks. And that's what made us stick with it. So we had the $600 investment in the camera. So it's easy to like pick something up and then no one pays attention to it for a couple months and then you just give up because you know, you're doing all this work for nothing. And it has to kind of be something you love, obviously, first, that should be why you start it. We love cooking, we love like, you know, creating recipes, things like that. And from there, we, we did YouTube like pretty shortly after we started making just informational videos. We were really bad at it. Like yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's really bad at it when you first start. But yeah, so we started doing recipe videos and as we progressed, we learned a lot. We were not good. We don't have like any background in any of this type of stuff. So if you want to do something, you can really do it. You just have to c- consistently do it day after day. Yeah. So basically now I think we're pretty good at making videos, pretty good at taking food photos, um, you know, creating recipes and that's all stuff we've just been doing for two years. So just consistent effort basically. Yeah. I think um, for us, especially with the food blog, because we could have just had the food blog and, you know, still ran the business and had a good time and enjoyed it, but we were doing the recipes anyway. So why not just put them out there to share? There's no reason not to try and build something around it because you enjoy it. And I think when you look at a lot of other people who are on Instagram or YouTube or anywhere sharing their keto journeys, it's because they're doing it already. So why not just share it so other people can other people can learn and grow from it. So I think that's where it should really stem from. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. And I share similar experiences in terms of like sucking <laughs> a whole lot yeah. at first and then kind of gradually making incremental changes and improvements every day. You suck. So that's, that's actually like, like the key to the keto diet as well. You can't expect to reap the benefits of mental clarity and uh, the other, fat, other you know, weight loss benefits as well. Like from day one, you have to stay consistent with it before you see results. So it's like <laughs> keto is also rep- representative of life almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's everything in life. Now being 29 years old with all my wisdom, I know that you just, <laughs> you just have to like, you're going to suck at most things at first. You just got to keep trying. You'll get better. Yeah. And we no longer eat two quest bars a night like we used to in the yeah. beginning because <laughs> we've also like optimized our diet. Like you mentioned, you just get better over time and you start to feel better. And, and it just, it makes a lot more sense the more you do it. Right. So what are, what are some of the benefits of, uh, you know, working at home or what are some of the downsides as well? I honestly like mostly downsides. I feel like, no. well, well, the benefits there's a productivity wise is probably mostly downsides, but, um, as far as just like lifestyle, it's obviously great. You know, we go to the gym at like 10 AM when most people are working, we have time to like cook every single meal, which is yeah, very nice. Yeah. Things like that. We can just like watch TV randomly, which is kind of a, a downside because right. as far as like productivity goes, it's, um, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to just, you know, work on like less important things. Whereas in the office, if you're going to an office every day, you're kind of locked in for a set amount of time. But I guess the pro, not even working from home, just running your own business is you're only cheating yourself. Like you're not cheating the employer. If you're not working hard, it's affecting you and no one else. I guess like the people that view our content, it affects them too. Yeah. Like when I had a job, 
I would go in and I'd come home and I'd be like, Matt, I only worked two hours today, but I made money for eight hours of a work day. Like it felt mm -hmm. like kind of good. Yeah. But now if I work only two hours, I feel like I haven't really put in enough time or the, the effort that's really needed to run your own business. And you understand that too, right? Like you need to put in the effort to get the results you want. And that's everything, yeah. even the diet. Yeah. Again, like it's so representative of life itself. And to be honest, like if you are, if you are self-employed, then you're actually working more, you're working longer hours, you're working harder, like literally you're 24 seven on the, on the job post, so to say, in the sense that yeah. you're thinking about it, you're doing something. And uh, yeah, I, I dare to say that you work so much harder if you're, and it's more respond, you have more responsibility for yourself as well. So that's like, that's actually the, I think the hardest part is when you work in an office, you come home at 5 PM and that's it. You don't have yeah. to really think about it much with most jobs. Whereas with your own thing, you're always kind of thinking about it. It's hard to really relax. There's no like real downtime. We're trying to get better about that. Or have like a social life. Like yeah, we moved to it. a new city. We only have each other. We do everything together. So I've been trying to make friends, but when they want to hang out, I want to work. And so it's, it's a difficult dynamic to like have a social life and also have a business. So yeah. it, it's, it's always, a, you're always working on it, I think. Yeah. And that's why like a lot of people don't do like their own, their own business right. or their own thing because they don't want the responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there is the, some beauty in that too. Yeah, of course. And it's most, it's actually, well, it is the most fulfilling thing in a sense of you being able to you know, control your own uh, income and stuff like that. So that's, that's yeah. make it's worth it at the end of the day. I would say so. Yeah. yeah. But uh, let's talk about keto now. Like, uh, do you do you, what kind of a keto diet do you think you follow, or do you have something specific or unique? I would say we still are doing a lot of experimenting, which I guess at this point I don't think we'll ever really stop. We'll never just like land on something we love and, and do it forever. Mm -hmm. But um, definitely, like, over the past year, I've been going more, like, higher fat, like, maybe 75 plus, maybe close to 80% calories from fat a lot of days. And just, like, pretty minimal vegetables. I don't, no longer view vegetables as, like, this, this mm. mandatory, you know, nutrition yeah. powerhouse that you need to eat. I kind of now view them as just, like, a waste of money. Like, a waste, oh, they're so expensive when you think of them on a calorie yeah. level. Yeah. Um, and also just like they taste really good. So I like eating vegetables. So I'll add them in sometimes, but not, I'm not trying to get in like a bunch of veggies every day anymore. Mm. Yeah. I like to stick, stick around 80% fat because I know if I eat that much fat today, I will feel really good tomorrow. Eating high protein I've found really impacts me negatively. Like I'm less productive. I'm like more inclined to eat sweets or just, you know, go off of the diet a little more in terms of calories. So higher fat for sure. And then I've turned into just like liking to eat the same meals every single day, like having a solid routine. I used to be the kind of person who needed something different every single day. That's what made it difficult because I missed the variety. Like, you know, there's only so many delicious things you can make when you, you know, we yeah, run a, you can get a different flavor pop tart every day. If yeah, you want to. <laughs> exactly. Or like candy bar, or whatever you wanted chips. And so with the keto diet, um, I think being on it longer and just finding that food fuels me as opposed to just like, I, I live to eat. Hmm. Um, I'm able to just eat more mechanically. I still enjoy delicious foods, but I just, I have a routine with my, my breakfast and my lunch at least. And that keeps me productive and like happy throughout the day. Yeah. That's, that's one of my favorite things about keto as well. Like the, 
satiety and the, the liberation it gives you, it, it actually gives you so much more freedom. You don't have to even think about the, all the potential, you know, all, right. the, all the colors of the rainbow you can eat, <laughs> like whether that be vegetables, fruits or gummy bears. <laughs> right. so, so yeah, it, it, it's very simple and uh, very convenient to stick to. What, what are like go-to meals then? You mentioned that you kind of stick to some similar meals. So without a doubt, a, a bulletproof drink, I usually have two. So I'll do coffee in the morning. And then later on for my second bulletproof drink, I'll do bone broth usually, um, or some sort of a broth because I like to get a lot of fat in in the morning. And then my lunch is always egg salad. It's my go-to. Um, hard-boiled eggs are always a part of my day no matter what. And so just the mayo adds a lot of fat and just a lot of flavor. So that'll always be my lunch. Yeah, I have a bulletproof coffee in the morning. Lately, I've been doing decaf though because I'm trying. I ha I've drank coffee like every day for 15 years probably. So I'm trying to go a month without it. Um, I'm like two weeks into it right now. Mm. Uh, but then I usually have like a relatively early lunch, like 10 or 11 a.m. Some hard boiled eggs and sardines is what I've been doing lately. And then maybe a snack, maybe not. Maybe just like a bulletproof bone broth, like she was saying. We, we have stuff like that a lot. I like to have a lot of the fatty drinks too, just to like bridge mm. between meals if I feel like I need it. Yeah. And then for dinner, we mostly do steak and sometimes like a vegetable like asparagus or broccoli. Um, but uh, dinner is like the one thing we don't really have planned. It's more so what we're feeling that day. Mm -hmm. But it's usually just like protein, some added fat, and then maybe a little bit of vegetables. Mm, yeah, like sounds like a perfect day diet. And uh, yeah. my own favorites are also eggs. Like I can eat a dozen eggs every day, like they're no problem yeah. and, and not get sick of it. And also like steak, steak is another one of those you know, almost superfoods in the sense that it gives you like all the essential nutrients and that you need every day. Yeah. It's funny that we call all these like goji berries and stuff, superfoods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, or like all the mushrooms. Yeah. Steak is exactly yeah. what you need every yeah. day. Where's the steak? Which is why a lot of people have, you know, seen so many results doing keto because they swap out all the junk with, with the actually nourishing foods. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, you also do like all these amazing recipes and uh, I can't even, you know, I, I don't even know where to start or which one to highlight. So can you give us like some of the examples of one of your greatest achievements that you're especially <laughs> proud of? I think my personal favorite achievement is the chicken crust pizza recipe. I think a lot of people love that. And there's been fathead pizza. I think that's been around for like 10 years or something. That's pre a pretty popular recipe. But the thing with the fathead pizza is the crust is made of cheese. So then what are you putting on top? You're putting more cheese. You're basically just eating, you know, a tons of cheese, of cheese, which I don't personally like to do. Um, so the chicken crust pizza, we base it off of there's this, this company in America, Real Good Pizza. They make like a chicken crust microwavable pizza. So we tried recreating that. Um, that's like one of our most popular recipes. And then I think our most popular dessert recipe is definitely the chewy chocolate chip cookies. People love that. That's really yeah. Good. And then butter chicken is very popular. A lot of people um, like Indian food, like Asian food. So we try to recreate takeouts because when you want to do takeout, you never know what they're putting in it, especially yeah. like just sugar, cornstarch. It's always going to be there and, and half and half instead of heavy cream. So we like to do a lot of those remakes. But if we're being honest, we don't really eat our recipes as much as maybe people would think. We'll make them and we'll try them to make sure they're great. But we like to just keep it really, really simple Yeah. at yeah. this point. Yeah, I'm kind of myself as well like that. I don't, I don't crave those recipes and I don't feel like 
I could, you know, benefit from them. It's much more simpler and more, much more satiating in that, in that regard. I'm going to eat them if someone is going to offer it, but I'm not going to specifically try to put in the extra effort. In the, in yeah, we like bring, bring them for holidays and stuff like that. Yeah. Or yeah. we'll make some maybe if we're going on a road trip. But as far as daily life, we don't eat those that much. We eat like fat bombs, things like that we make pretty often. But yeah, if we want to like go out of our way and not cook a steak and some veggies or something, we want to get barbecue or we want to get wings. Yeah. Like that, that's our little splurge, <laughs> not like, you know, a recipe yeah. off of Every a Every once bowl. in a while, though, you'll like make one of them because you're really in the mood like a chicken crisp pizza I'll make. no you made the pro the protein cakes like. oh but those <laughs> so we do have some like desserts that i feel comfortable eating every single day so like protein cakes for example are one of them and then we have some like we're trying to make more recipes like that now hmm. yeah because that reflects like what our diet looks like yeah. you know we don't want to eat a, a lot of erythritol every single or like day like almond flour yeah <laughs> You would also right. go. You would also go out of business if you simply, you know, shared only the food that you eat every day because yeah, you, exactly. people would get bored. Yeah. yeah. Just give me all the bacon and eggs you have. And it also goes to show that you can have these delicious foods that taste exactly the same like traditional foods by simply right. swapping out some of the key ingredients, and you don't even tell the difference. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and when you look at the healthy aspect of it or the nutritional aspect of it, then it's so much better for you and uh, you you feel better mentally and psychologically as well you're not gonna feel the feel guilty about it oh, so sorry, sorry about that so yeah. like how about for you what how long did it take you to get to the point where you are eating you know just basically whole foods like meat and vegetables um i i, I was i i basically started off with just like that already like uh, before i did keto i did paleo and stuff like that with some with some dairy and uh, then, then I switched over to keto and I've basically been doing like a whole, whole foods diet ever since. I've never okay. actually been, I've never actually used like these quest bars or something because they're not that popular in, in Estonia. And uh, I've, never even, I've never even uh, kind of craved them either. So I've been, I've been whole foods like practically the entire journey you know, so far. Yeah. That's really good. Like, that's not the experience of most Americans. Most Americans have been raised on like... Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah Taco Bell <laughs> and, and just like Nutri-Grain bars and things like that. Yeah. So it's, I think these foods, I don't know, there, there's two schools of thought for sure. Like having uh, desserts, like keto desserts and things like that. Is it good to do that when you first start or is it best to just like do cold turkey, whole foods? I don't think a lot of people have success with that. I think you got to kind of ease into it. I, I think it depends on the person, as you yeah. said. For you it worked fine but if especially if you're in america and you grew up with like american parents hmm. who you know fed you snacks or you went to school <laughs> and birthday parties then it's it's really difficult to just go cold turkey off of sugar it's an addiction yeah. yeah yeah and it's so crazy to think about it how much sugar is being fed to children especially and uh, other even even adults adults are also addicted to you know sweets and stuff like that so <laughs> it's a very huge psychological issue in the sense that they're grown up and they're so used to it mentally that they don't even know how they don't know what it feels to be like in a let's say off the sugar they don't know what it feels to be off the sugar yeah it's it's weird when you actually start eating real food like people say this all the time they take it to the office and people are like what are you doing what's that crazy stuff you're eating over there you're yeah. doing keto this is crazy you're eating real food now yeah yeah. Go open a, a packet of chips. Like that's, that's what yeah. we do for lunch. Yeah, you're ostracized for just eating eating real food. Yeah. People people look at you weird when you eat like carrots <laughs> or something like that on the street. <laughs> yeah. But there are yeah. people eating like 
chips everywhere so that's perfectly yeah. normal so. yeah exactly it, we also need to kind of fix the culture not not just the health aspects yeah i think the health like america is so like so many people are searching for answers i think that's probably how it will start like people start having good success with keto like a lot of people are now and you know maybe eventually just like through word of mouth i think it's going to be yeah more of a grassroots movement to like change the nutrition recommendations definitely definitely yeah but uh are there any like some of these traditional foods that you haven't been able to replace (laughs) completely with keto um i think the longest standing duel with a recipe we have is cinnamon rolls yeah that's one we haven't really been able to do there's recipes online but they all use the fathead dough which is just a lot of cheese it's cheating in my opinion yeah Uh, so that's one and then like a lot of people ask for popcorn that i just think is not really possible you can do like pork rinds and stuff but um that's pretty much and, it. I mean, chips, like so, yeah. there's just certain desserts. Like, do we really want to make a Krispy Kreme donut, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. or like certain desserts into a keto dessert? Because then I don't, I don't even want to be eating that. So. Yeah, we get some crazy requests. Actually, my favorite dessert is cannolis. It's like an Italian dessert and that's not really possible to be made keto. Yeah, I think there's a limit though. Like we, you know, if you can live off brownies, that's fine. But like you don't need these crazy, ridiculous desserts we make these days mm-hmm. um, in American society. Yeah, it's so funny when I look up recipes for, because sometimes we go on the internet and just look up, you know, traditional dessert recipes to try turning into keto desserts. And the instructions are like, you know, uh, two sticks of butter and two and a half cups of sugar. And it's like, it's not even hard to make things taste good when yeah. there's no rules. You can just throw anything you want yeah. into the into the thing. Of course, it's going to taste good. Yeah, yeah, that is one of the secrets of the food industry as well. Put right. a ton of, ton of you know, uh, sugar and high fructose corn syrup that's going to actually create these cravings. I know, yeah. It is delicious though. <laughs> <laughs> or at least that's our mind that are thinking... Right. But uh, uh, you can always, you know, if you're failing to do the cinnamon rolls, then you can always do like bacon rolls with cinnamon. Have you tried using cinnamon on bacon? No. no. I love that idea, though. We're it's, writing that it's, down. It's, it's actually very good, like very delicious. And I think it creates this the umami taste and it brings it more uh, out as well. So definitely try it out. Yeah, wow, for sure. I used tip. to always do brown sugar on my bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I put I put like cinnamon onto the bone broth as well, so that, that's also good. yeah. That, would, that sounds good. <laughs> but uh, what about eating keto uh, when you're going out into restaurants and? It's not that hard. Yeah, a lot of people struggle with it, um, but you just you can't you can't be scared to ask for substitutions, ask for sides, ask. You just have to be pretty demanding, and if you're paying for something, you might as well get what you want, and that's mm. the way I view it. Um, I always do the ordering because Matt gets a little nervous to be like, I don't want the fries. Or, I don't get that nervous, but she's better at it. For yeah, sure. I just like know what I want and I'll send something back if it's not cooked right. That's the kind of mentality I have with when I'm eating out. Um, so I think just, you know, there's always a vegetable you could sub out or just ask for it not on the plate so you're not tempted. Like just say no fries. Yeah, right? so like some tips I would say for sure. Any salad you get, I always just get dressing on the side just because I want to taste it before it's all over my food. Um, and then like we always go to usually like steakhouses or things like that where you know there's a good keto meal going to be there for you. Honestly, like the only place you won't find a keto meal or it can be tough is like Asian restaurants, right. maybe Mexican restaurants. 
you just have to be more specific with your orders. Hmm. But um, so like what we're looking for most of the time when we go out to eat, you can always get a bunless burger. Um, like a Caesar salad is really good, just no croutons. And then breakfast foods is pretty easy. Most of the time we just do like barbecue and wings though. Like we said, those are kind of our treats we do. We get takeout barbecue. There's a really good barbecue place around here. And then just, you can always look at the menu beforehand so you know what you're getting when you get there. So yeah, you're not like really. flustered or you feel bad. I mean, I think a lot of people get, um, or a lot of people say that it's the social pressure of like, well, everyone got fries and I didn't have time. So I got them too. And it's like, well then, you know, just prepare a little. I mean, that's what life's about too, right? Everything I feel like ties back to just life, like prepare, you know, and, and it'll be taken care of. Yeah, I, I agree with you that the social pressure is the biggest thing that gets people. And yeah. uh, the problem is that people actually aren't that, you know, they don't actually care that much about what you eat. In fact, right. they're actually much more worried about, you know, their own perception of what you think they eat. So right. th it may be the situation that the reason your friends order the fries is that they don't want to become ostracized by you. And if you kind of put, if, you, if, you, if you're the first guy who plants your feet on the ground and says, okay, let's eat healthy instead, then they will, you know, voluntarily be much more eager to follow as well. So you have to kind of be this sort of a positive change yourself and to be the leader to make the change in our social group. That's, yeah. that's a really great point. And then it's also similar to going to the gym. People are so nervous to get in there and lift because they think or, you know, just do anything because they're worried about what other people think. But when I'm in the gym, I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I'm making sure I'm doing the forms right. I mean, we're all very self-centered in that moment. So you just have to get over your fear, I think. Yeah. Yep. And also like to kind of own it in the sense of not becoming anxious about it. You have to, yeah. So what, I mean, so what are you going to do about it? I'm doing yeah, the right exactly. thing in a sense. Exactly. Yeah. But what about traveling? Do you have like any go-to traveling hacks for keto? We, it's kind of tough. Um, there's a fast food restaurant in America. It's called Wendy's. It's, I don't know if it's over there too, but mm -hmm. um that is like actually a pretty good option. It's just like actual 80-20 ground beef hamburgers. You can get those. Um, there's a few good uh, fast food options like Chipotle. It's a Mexican place. You know, Kentucky Fried Chicken has grilled chicken, things like that. But most of the time, what I'm eating is we'll pack some snacks. We'll bring like some nuts. Some jerky. Yeah, some like sausage things. Um, we always take like little bottles of salt with us. We can salt everything. Yeah. And then when you're in the airport, there's always, I mean, from our experience, you can always get like hard boiled eggs and like cheese and meat, like in little packages yep. in some shops. So we'll always just grab something before we get on the plane. Um, that's really keto friendly. Yeah. My biggest concern is when traveling isn't really like eating low carb. It's mostly eating high fat, which is kind of tough when you're traveling because, you know, there's no real good, portable, stable fat sources. That's why the whole, like, you know, the industry is built on all these shelf-stable products. Those, those are all low fat. Um, and then getting electrolytes. I'm a little concerned about electrolytes yeah. when I'm on the road. So we bring, like, an electrolyte powder, some salt, like she said. But really, and, and when you're traveling, most fast food places or most places have margarine. They don't really have butter. Yeah. So... Sometimes we'll like buy a little thing of coconut oil or like a stick of butter to keep if we have a fridge in the hotel room. But yeah, the biggest concern for me is like getting actual fat in instead of just low carbs easy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm also like kind of more concerned about sodium and uh, the electrolytes. And um, yeah, you, you, I take these little, little packets of, you know, pink Himalayan rock salt with me. And it's kind of crazy that you don't even have to worry about eating because you can simply do fast. And it's much easier when you're keto. 
Yeah, that too. When, yeah. On plane rides, I usually do like traveling days. It's surprisingly easy to fast. And usually like anytime you're out of your normal rhythm in, in daily life, I find it a lot easier to go without eating. But when you're so much like in our daily routine, wake up, gym, eat, then like when I'm co- it comes to that point in the day, I'm like really hungry usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, feel, I feel the same as well. Like your brain kind of expects the food and it develops these habits. And that's why it's more difficult that way. And, and traveling kind of breaks the routine in this sense. Yeah. But what about your family and friends and family? Do they, what kind of, what do they eat? Has, has your dietary shift had any changes to them? Um, for my family, not at all. My dad doesn't understand why I don't eat rice and why I don't eat fries. And he'll still like say, just eat some, just eat some without really fully understanding. And then my brother, honestly, he makes fun of us. <laughs> he thinks what we do is just like a joke and he like loves burgers too much. And you know, he's like a gluttonous American. So right. he's, he's happy in his own ways. I mean, he'll pay for it later, but <laughs> yeah. your dad says when you give your dad the recipes you make and he says it's good for healthy food. Yeah. He'll always like, I'll, I'll make like granola or cookies for him so he can just try it and he'll be like, Oh, this is good for like having no sugar in it. But mm. in fact, you know, in reality, he would rather just have cookies. Yeah. So my family just got sent our cookbook, actually. It just came out. So honestly, my family's like really conservative Midwestern uh, family. So we don't like talk about things all that much. So like they barely even know that I do this for a living. And uh, I think what they like, they'd rather me just have a job that I went to nine to five. But um, my sisters, they have tried doing keto. I think they're kind of doing it i would say that it's their preferred diet they don't stick with it 100 percent like we do but they do it um most of my family is like pretty overweight i think maybe they'll start coming around to it in a year or two but they try to be healthy but they're just you know it's kind of like most americans you're trying the next the next thing you find just always trying new diets nothing really works so at some point i think i'll get them on board (laughs) yeah like his mom has a bunch of like She's used to get Zevia and she has MCT oil and she has like a lot of, she has pork rinds and all of those things, but it's really hard to, I don't know, just make the change, especially when you're used to something. And I think for us, um, we have each other. I feel like a lot of people, it's hard to just do it on your own. I think if I didn't have Matt as a support system, I probably wouldn't be as strict or like as good with my keto diet as, you know, a lot of other people. Hmm. yeah social accountability is huge like yeah. to have other people watching watching you then you're more likely to stick to whether that be your keto macros or your goals or whatever they may be exactly yeah yeah, yeah i also like to think in my opinion or in my example with my family is that uh yeah you have to kind of not you have to maintain this carefreeness about it you don't want to push things onto them you don't want to force it you know why are you doing you're going to get diabetes or <laughs> you're going to yeah. give us a heart disease and uh, you, ha- you have to kind of give them the example of you showing the results yourself you know i'm feeling amazing i'm seeing these you know ben- many benefits and uh, why don't you try it out or you don't even have to mention that you what you that you that they should try it out they eventually they're gonna simply get curious themselves and they want to you know right. gain some of the same benefits that you are yeah, I don't really push keto necessarily on my family, but I'll give my my parents some advice just like to kind of correct their conventional mindset on nutrition, like adding fat. That's one thing I always tell my mom, like try getting in some healthy sources of fat. Don't be afraid of like chicken thighs or whatever, you know, things like that. And then she thinks she's doing healthy things by maybe making 
like a, a berry smoothie or like a fruit smoothie, which I tell her, you know, you don't really want to do that. It's basically just not that far off from a candy bar. Just try doing like a vegetable smoothie with like a little bit of fruit if you want to do that. Try adding fat to your diet. Like that's just a good starting point, I think. And then eventually maybe they'll just go further down. Yeah, yeah. The fruit smoothies are huge in, in this sense. I know. Like that's the biggest <laughs> false misconceptions and myths about healthy nutrition that you're going to uh, cut cram down 100 grams of fructose into your liver and uh. <laughs> the new thing in america is acai bowls yeah those things are insane it's like it's us it's basically a fruit smoothie but it's like thicker and then there's all kinds of like crumble and like bananas on and top granola, it which has is to also be, the worst yeah it has to be like 1500 calories just wow. purely of carbs and sugar just crazy and they're, they're huge. They're like the size of a Starbucks drink. But everyone who's in line will be like, it's right after the gym or like yeah. the girls who do <laughs> yoga and, and their yoga pants. And it's like, they think they're doing something really great yeah. for their body. Post-workout nutrition, anabolic window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Double chocolate smoothie. Yeah. But you also have dogs, we heard. And uh, are they doing keto or something? We do our best. I think we have one dog, Julius. We also have a cat, Miley. Um, so we wanted to, the best thing to do, I think is raw food for your pet, like just actually giving them animal meat, hmm. but it's kind of like, uh, a time consuming process to do that. And you got to really think about the nutrition and make sure they're having all their, their like it's required. Balanced. Yeah, it's balanced. You got to make sure they're having all their required nutrients and stuff. So what we do is just give them grain free pet food, which is not keto. It's like, I think it's 30% calories from carbs. Um, but it's from vegetables and fruit. And then we, we supplement with like a lot of, I try getting him bone marrow and like raw goat's milk and stuff all the time. Like every time we go to the pet store, I get him a new thing, but that's basically what we're doing. I think it's, we could do better, but we're doing pretty good. We're doing a lot for ourselves. So yeah, like the same kind of the same uh, misinformation or bad information has also translated over to the pet industry as well of feeding yeah. these grains and stuff like that. And, and the dogs, they are, when, when there's a debate about whether or not humans should eat meat or whether or not we should eat vegetables and dogs, they're like 100% carnivore. So yeah. yeah, exactly. I know. I think uh, the cats can get by on like 80% protein or something. Just like a really high protein diet is what cats traditionally eat mm. as well. Yeah. Yeah, and wild animals like wild dogs and such they're they are in ketosis almost all the time when they're mm -hmm. eating in their natural environment so <laughs> better get those organ meats to them <laughs> or yeah exactly. do, do you eat organ meats or yes i've actually been really trying hard to get them in a lot more lately it's surprisingly not that easy to find them around here um the most common thing you can find is chicken liver so that's what i've been doing I try doing it like once every two days for dinner, um, just as like a side dish, but I don't like the taste of it that much, especially beef liver. I don't really like it at all, but every day I do drink a tablespoon of cod liver oil. So I'm doing that. That's kind of my supplementation. I do. You don't really do much. No, I do the cod liver oil, but I, the organ meats, I just, I can't come around <laughs> to stomaching them. Um, maybe we just need to try a new way of cooking them, but yeah, I, I just really can't do it. You can actually, you can actually kind of make it uh, like 50-50 with hamburger or beef. You can kind of yeah. make patties out of it. Or you can make pate out of it as well with some, you know, butter and stuff like that. That is actually quite delicious. And Oh, maybe I'll try that. Do you cook? So you cook the chicken livers first and then you turn it into pate? 
Uh, yeah, you, you, you cook the livers and um, then you go, rinse it through the mince machine in the sense of uh, you combine it together with some fats, maybe like, you know, pork belly or lard or butter or stuff like that. And it's Whoa. actually this kind of creamy thing. And yeah. It's quite good. You, you, you can add it as, you know, dipping and stuff. So that's a superfood right there. Yeah, exactly. Like organ <laughs> meats are. Organ meats are actually one of the top superfoods of the planet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, most hunter-gatherer tribes in the past, they ate some organ meats all the time, in a sense. Yeah. What they, other organ meats do you eat? I'm really just on the livers. I haven't tried anything else. Uh, well, my favorite is like beef heart. Beef heart is very, you know, it's, it's you know, kind of, kind of sticky in a sense. It's very, almost like robbery, but it's very delicious and... Uh, it's uh, like steak in a sense without without the tendons and uh, next to that there are also like chicken chicken hearts they're like small little ones chicken yeah. gizzards chicken gizzards are also like a very good starting point because they're very soft and uh, uh, delicious and uh, maybe like uh, i also sometimes use like these these kidneys and you know less less conventional less 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 tasty organ meats but most of the time i'm focusing on like heart and liver but I yeah. also, but I also do take like these supplements of liver liver pills with with the livers, you know, powder into the supplement. Whenever mm -hmm. whenever I'm not, you know, eating organ meats, so I'm still getting, you know, the nutrients. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to do a little more experimenting. I've had chicken heart before, and it's yeah. not. Yeah, I've had it at like an all-you-can-eat steakhouse. They'll also have chicken hearts, um, and it's it's actually really good. It's a lot better tasting than the livers, so maybe they just cook it better. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah it's all like all about the magic of how you cook it yeah so i actually asked you one of these questions from your one of one of your live streams but i'm gonna ask it again like what would we do if it turns out that in 10 years like the ketogenic diet turns out to be very bad for your health if it's done over like a lifelong term so what would you do then yeah that is a good question. You're a very like in, intuitive guy. Intuitive is the wrong word, but um, I think like inquisitive. Inquisitive, yeah. Maybe. There it is. So um, I think you, I think you would have to like make some drastic changes, yeah. probably. Right? We're not I, opposed. So I think my first thing is I think there's enough info already kind of out to where that's pretty a slim chance of yeah. of being reality. But yeah, I. I'm open to new data, of course. I think that's kind of the root of the question. Are you open? Are you just closed off? Do you have your mind made up on keto? And no, I think, you know, presented new information, it's not healthy, then you got to make some changes. I think definitely, I mean, the thing that's certain is the old way is unhealthy, like yeah. the standard American diet. So some, um, something different from that is definitely right. And I tend to think of things, Mega makes fun of me for this a lot, in like an ancestral health perspective, like keto makes sense to me from the way humans used to live and like things that they used to eat. I honestly, like paleo makes more sense probably from that perspective, but keto also makes a lot of sense. And I think it would, it would be odd to me if something like that came to be true, but I would definitely make some changes. Hmm. Yeah, I think we both would. It's just... I guess I, it's hard for me to imagine what would be the, you know, the new way to live that's like a lot healthier than keto or standard American. So I guess once we, vegan. I mean, yeah, I guess that's possible. That would be, I've never tried it, but um, yeah, I think it would just, it would be hard to know what to do at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree that, you know, the research we at the moment have, it definitely shows that keto is very good for overall health and longevity. 
but uh, at the at the same time, you you kind of always want to maintain this. Uh, you you don't never want to go all in on any new kind of new kind of a new thing that is simply popular or or trendy because you kind of want to maintain this idea of following the first principle of you know you you follow your you you base your actions around the information you currently have and mm-hmm. to kind of be safe in the sense like a, yeah I think you can start really identifying as your diet which yeah. is bad. Right. Like when I was a vegetarian, I was probably falling into that. It's hard to change when you're so identified with your diet. And, you know, now we run Keto Connect. So we, yeah. in a sense, are probably... <laughs> you pretty, are Keto. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're prone to being kind of tied to it, but you got to be open-minded. But then you also like find people that are the opposite. Like a lot of people saw What the Help, that documentary, and immediately were emailing us and like, I'm thinking of going vegetarian. Like, what should right. I do? Or I'm going vegan. What should I do? And it's like this documentary that is clearly biased. It wasn't even like subtle about how biased it was. And most documentaries are, right? No, no documentary is like totally neutral and gives both sides respectively. Um, it's just fascinating that we're so quick to change, but also some people are so steadfast and like, I am keto. This is all I care about. Yeah. Yeah. You get both. Yeah, I think it's one of the biggest issues of the keto community at the moment as well. Like, although we haven't, we don't have like as active, you know, <laughs> loudmouths as the vegans or some other plant-based movement people are. But at the same time, I feel like it may lead to some sort of a similar uh, pattern in the sense of people becoming too identified with, with their diet. And, you know, they become dogmatic almost like I have to stick to this specific percentage of macronutrients and you know carbs are bad insulin is bad and you know it simply kind of defeats the purpose of it and and uh, removes the actual overall end goal of what what is actually you know wanting to be healthy and uh, to live longer exactly yeah 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 it's less about like having to fall into some category like everyone wants to categorize themselves you doing keto are you on the keto train you with us or not and it doesn't have to be like that it's just about being healthy eating foods that make you feel good and then also don't be scared of carbs i've I've, and i fell into this at first i was like scared then nervous like i don't i don't want to eat something that's too sweet or but you also have to have some leniencies and like live a little you know don't go extreme but don't be scared of food back yeah back to the eating out question actually like when I was first doing keto and I went to eat out, I was like petrified. I'm like, what if they put some <laughs> sugar in here? Like now when I go to the restaurant, I just kind of order my thing. And as long as there's nothing egregious wrong with it, um, I'm probably going to eat it. And if it's not like 100% optimal, it's not a huge deal. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> I also like, I'm not, I, you know, the idea of being anxious about carbs sneaking into your diet, that actually can lead to more damage than actually eating right. those carbs because you know the stress hormones are going to get elevated you're going to mentally start ruminating about it and that's that's actually yeah. going to have like a more negative impact whereas in reality and it creates like a placebo like effect as well whereas in reality if you're like eating some sort of a soup that has like some potatoes in it or something then you wouldn't probably even notice it it and uh, as long as someone and if someone tells you that it's it has carbs in it then you're going to freak out or spit out or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something like that, that sounds you know. like a double blind placebo study we should run over here yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> i haven't had a carb since 2004 but uh, i think like i myself will follow like some sort of a semi keto diet or like a keto adapted diet that focuses on uh, fat burning metabolism for the rest of my life but uh, would you say that everyone can do or everyone should do keto 
Um, I like there's obviously exceptions, but I think most people probably operate better on low carb. I think if you are like, you know, CrossFit games type of person, then it probably makes, I mean, it doesn't make sense in every context. Like if you are going for elite explosive performance, not keto, like it's, it's not probably the best to do keto. Um, and I think even if you, like a lot of people now, we listened to Rob Wolf, had a good talk. I think this could be something cool. Maybe we try more in the future, like metabolic flexibility mm. to where you can use carbs when you need them, but most of the time you're just running off of fat, just like a standard keto diet. Um, it sounds good in theory, but I don't think nothing's free. So like um, I, my assumption would just be maybe you're not running off fat as good as someone who's just solely dedicated to keto. Or you're not feeling yeah. as good. Yeah. So maybe that's something we'll explore in the future. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Just like keep your, your mind open about things. Yeah. And for the most part, I think ma the majority of people could at least give keto a try and not have any like negative uh, effects or impacts. So I think adding healthy fats, that's like one thing mm. for sure you should be doing, especially in America, because we've been doing low fat diets. Like we yeah. do like, I think that American average is like 25% calories from fat on a daily basis. It's like over 40% calories from carbs. So you should probably drastically change that and you'll be, you don't have to do fully keto, but at least change those numbers around a little. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The metabolic flexibility aspect is also something that I think is more applicable and more uh let's say convenient as well for for every every average person because you know the the carb tolerances between people they vary hugely and you can become keto adapted in a sense without being in ketosis all the time like there's this buffer zone as you become as you become more you know accustomed to using fat and as a fuel source and as you exercise at different intensities and stuff like that i would imagine like you know, a CrossFit Games athlete, they experience mild ketosis even if they skip a meal or if they're, you know, eating fewer carbohydrates on their harder workout days because they're simply burning so much glycogen all the time. So the, everyone is different and uh, you can kind of reap the benefits of both worlds if you, let's say, <laughs> if you don't overdo it with the carbs and to kind of maintain this, yeah. maintain this zone with, with, some, uh, with some exercise. Yeah, there was a study, I think it was on like Kenyan endurance runners. They like eat an 80% carb diet, but they almost always have ketones in their blood mm. right, just because yeah. they're so active. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we also have like a mutual friend in, in terms of like physical exercise, like Robert Sykes, the Keto Savage. So yeah. you, you did some, you did some uh, videos with him as well where he, he boot camp trained you. So can you share <laughs> yeah. like, what were the results and what he made you do? Well, he boot camped us in a sense. He came here and we worked out with him, I think for a week. And that was really eye-opening to just experience what li lifting weights is really like. Like, you know, you see the videos online of people just going really hard in the gym, but until you're kind of there with someone who does it every day, it's different. You don't understand the intensity the it intensity, takes to yeah. build that kind of muscle. Like, I dreaded every single day we worked out together <laughs> after that first day because of the way he pushes you. It's a really great thing. But for me, I mean, I'm not a bodybuilder and I yeah, don't intend right. on being one. So I didn't see the purpose or the need or the reason to go that hard. Um, and then on leg day, I cried. <laughs> I literally <laughs> just Actual cried. Tears, I yeah. was so mad at him. And I like also was so in so much pain. Yeah. I couldn't walk afterwards. It was like really hard to walk. Yeah. 
but yeah, it's, it's such a, he, he says it best. Like it's just a mental bodybuilding is a mental sport. It's not even like a physical sport. Right. Getting up and doing that every single day is people do that for like 30 and 40 years too. Those people are just incredible. They're so tough mm-hmm. mentally. And most people these days are just soft. They're so soft mentally. Yeah. So it's, it's cool meeting people like that and just growing. But we, he also gave us a nutrition plan, which we followed for 90 days. Right. And I lost in 90 days, 26 pounds. I went from, this was measured with a bod pod, so I don't know how accurate it is, but 12.8% to the first time it was 3.2%. And the second time it was like 4.2% body fat in 90 days, just with like his cutting program. Yeah. And then I put on muscle because I like realized I put on two pounds of muscle um, at a deficit because I realized working out with him and just understanding that it's all about the intensity in the gym. If you want to put on muscle, it's not just diet. Um, a lot of it is, but a lot of it's really going hard and making yourself want to cry when you're in the gym, basically. Yeah, yeah like on keto especially, like you have to focus on, on the training aspect of it. And that, that's the biggest signal for muscle growth. You can't, yeah. you can't simply eat, eat yourself big. You're simply going to get fat in that sense. Fat is it. But uh, what, about, what about fasting? Have you tried intermittent fasting or... Yeah, we've tried prolonged fast, like four days. We've tried intermittent fasting. I used to really love intermittent fasting more than I do currently. I don't like it as much. I feel like it's just rules around your diet, and I don't like having that as much anymore. Um, It just puts me in a bad mindset. I like waking up and just kind of having freedom. And for some people, intermittent fasting is freedom. You know, like they naturally just that they, they work well like that for me not so much um we did it for probably like a year or so and i just like like for me when i wake up and i eat when i'm hungry which is usually like around 10 a.m i feel like that is better calorie intake wise for me than waiting till noon and then overeating on lunch and dinner and just like more hungry when i do it that way so i don't really do intermittent fasting but i do get like probably like a 14 hour fast in any way. Like I stopped eating at six. I started eating at like 10. So I guess, well, I do have a bulletproof coffee in the morning also. So (laughs) I don't know what you consider that. People ask us all the time if that breaks a fast or not. Yeah. um, I probably don't, I don't have any timing uh, rules either for me. Like I tried it out for a couple of weeks. I never could do it solidly because it felt like punishment and it would just it was just unhealthy for me mentally to force myself till noon and then like I would feel so proud of myself that I deserved a big meal and I found myself overeating more when I was restricting that to like a six hour eight hour whatever window so now I'll just eat when I want to eat um and I'll just work out really hard and you know like I just I don't make up for it in a sense, but like I do what feels right for me. So on days I work out really hard, I'll eat more and I'll feel fine about it. And, and there shouldn't be rules around eating if it's not unhealthy for you, I think. Yeah. 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 It also like becomes like a dogma and, uh, and yeah. a way of categorizing yourself. I'm, I'm the fasting guy. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But, uh, and also like, I also like to think that if you are eating a keto diet, then you don't have to pay that much attention to, fasting or you wouldn't you wouldn't you know miss out on a lot of the benefits of fasting because you know when you're in ketosis then you already have lower blood sugar and lower insulin and and uh, the other anti-inflammatory effects as well (laughs) like if you're eating a non-keto diet then it's actually more important to practice intermittent fasting to kind of give your 
your uh, pancreas a break from releasing insulin and uh, you know stuff like that to 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 cause less oxidative stress by you know metabolizing the carbohydrates. Yeah, I I don't. A lot of people ask us about that. Like, I th I think most studies show if you're doing it for fat loss um, and you control for calories. Um, meal timing doesn't really make that big of a difference. It actually makes no difference. If you're controlling for calories based on when you eat, how much weight you lose. Yeah, 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 it's true. Like uh, at the end of the day, like there is some calories that matter <laughs> or it, it is thermodynamics, but on keto and with fasting, you can change the thermodynamics or the context of the thermodynamics. It's yeah, that's what we're starting to understand a little bit more too. Um, the input outputs, the output changes a little bit. Mm -hmm. Although, although there are some, you know, uh, studies that show that, yeah, like there was the study on rats that showed that if you confine the, the reading window within nine hours or so, then they, the rats, they would lose more fat and they would maintain more muscle than the ones that were able to eat throughout the entire day. And, uh, yeah. Did you con is it controlled for calories? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think like depends what well, the other, the other rats, they had like, uh, a longer, longer feeding schedule, like 14 hours or so, but uh, the, the, cal the calories and stuff like that were the same. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. So yeah, well, it's probably, it has to do with the circadian rhythms and, uh, which is a whole nother topic, I believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we don't know, we didn't, we don't even know that much about it, you know, and science is also learning so much about it, you know, keto, the gut, circadian rhythms, light, and uh, all those other stuff. So, yeah, we Definitely. try working on our circadian rhythms. I wear the, the blue blocker glasses at night now. Yeah, those are great, great ones. <laughs> they make you look like, <laughs> like a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. she makes fun of me. <laughs> but uh, let, let's let maybe talk about your book as well. Like, how did you write it and uh, what's it about? Um, it is a cookbook. Uh, so mostly it's just... Uh, a lot of replacement recipes. So we say it's like really, it's good for anyone, honestly, but someone who's just starting out the keto diet, who doesn't know where to start. We have a lot of like takeout recipes, a lot of comfort foods, some classic recipes that you will find in the States that, you know, you don't want to give up and you don't have to, because we have our cookbook that has a lot of recipes, over a hundred recipes. And then there's some meal plans as well, which a lot of people can use to start. So it tells you exactly what to eat, what time to eat. Um, what else? And a little bit of just like an intro to keto. I would say this is because it's going to be in bookstores and stuff. So I'm, my thinking is there's going to be a lot of people just picking it up for mm -hmm. the first time. Oh, what's keto? I heard about that on the news, you know, yeah. and that is who the book is really intended for. Like first step, you know, trying to change things slowly, start a keto diet, but also people who've been doing it for a while who love our recipes, they of course will appreciate it because there's tons of good ones that we've been saving just specifically for the cookbook. Yeah. So yeah. yeah it, writing it, writing it was a, a really tough process. We're not used to it. We're more like, Oh, pick up the camera and like, yeah. you know, have fun vlogging all day. But the cookbook was really a lot of work on our end. <laughs> yeah. Writing recipes is boring. It's very boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Especially like if you have to type them all out you know, one by one. Yeah. Did the ketones help with the writing process or? I think they helped a little. With who? The writing process. Did what help? The ketones. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I, mean, I don't need to break or like have a snack while I'm writing. Because yeah. if I was just on a carb diet, I'd be eating like popcorn the entire time. 
and yeah. then I'd be really tired. <laughs> I actually think about this all the time. So we now have a successful business. We're self-employed, you know, two years, three years after starting keto, two years after starting the business. Is it just coincidence or is it because I started keto that I actually made all these dramatic life changes? Because I was just ready to, you know, coast through life. I had a good job, computer engineer. I could have done that for 40 years, you know? So I, I wonder how much of it is that I actually started keto that made me just, you know, more productive and like wanting to do all this stuff. Yeah, because ke ke when you're in ketosis, then you're actually in a, your brain is also in a, like a different state almost like mm -hmm. you'll have like so much mental clarity and focus. And uh, it's, it literally is like you kind of free yourself from the haze and the, the imprisonment of carbs yeah. and blood sugar rushes. <laughs> so it kind of in my experience as well, like my productivity has kind of skyrocketed thanks to keto and fasting and uh, not being so dependent on food and eating all the time. Exactly. It is funny looking back at the office now, a haze is a perfect way to describe it. Everyone's in a haze there. Mm -hmm. Just going through life. Carp coma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Where can more people learn about you and your book? You can get the book on Amazon or Barnes and Noble and Costco in the United States. Keto Made Easy is the name of it. Mm -hmm. um, Amazon's probably the easiest spot to get it. Yeah. And then um, our, we have our food blog, our YouTube channel. We also have a podcast. So yeah, you can reach out to us. We do live Instagrams every single morning at 9 a.m. So if you have questions, you can come on and ask us questions. That's pretty much it. KetoConnect.net. Yeah, yes. .net. <laughs> so I really enjoyed talking with you guys and I'm going to ask my last question, which is what would be this one single piece of advice or a habit that you wish you'd adopted earlier that improved your body and your mind? Go, you got uh, one? No, you go first. Okay, mine is very easy. It's something I've been trying to do for like the past two years. <laughs> I'm on like a 12-day streak right now meditating. Hmm. So I do 15 minutes of meditating every morning and it's, so I've had this experience, like I've done it probably, I think my longest streak is 90 days doing it in a row and it helps so much. It's amazing, but it's, it's yeah. subtle. So you start taking it for granted and you're like, I could just use those yeah. 15 minutes to do work. I don't need to, to meditate. Like I got it now. Yeah. But right when that happens is, is when you should be meditating most. Cause yeah. when you think you're so busy, that's when you actually need to meditate. So I would recommend to anyone to give that a try and just stick with it. It's like such a subtle thing, but it makes a huge difference in my life. Yeah. So I tried it and I couldn't stick with it. <laughs> it's not for everyone, but um, for me, it would probably be uh, caring less about what people think. So maybe it's my age just getting older. Maybe it's having my own business, um, maybe feeling more secure. But now that I care less about what people think, I'm more comfortable and I, I eat on my own terms and I work out the way I want to work out and I do what I want to do. And I think um, a lot of my life was, I like, was societal pressures, like telling me I need to eat a certain way or look a certain way. And I think once you kind of figure out that, you know, you are your best friend, your biggest critic, and you should care more about yourself than really anyone, be a little selfish, then um, it's easier to get through life. Yeah. Yeah. It comes down to self-awareness and self-care in a sense. You, you can't change the world if you're in carb coma in the haze. So right. <laughs> you have to kind of make sure that you have it, your own stuff together. So exactly. Well, it was, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys and I really enjoyed the conversation and I'm looking definitely looking forward to more of your delicious, uh, super keto-friendly foods and recipes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having us.
that's it for this episode of the Body, Mind and Power podcast. If you want to support us, then I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave us a review on the iTunes or the other social media platforms. Definitely check out the show notes for the topics that we discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening. My name is Seem. Stay tuned for the next episode. Stay empowered.